Would you turn with me, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 21? John's Gospel, chapter 21. This will be our final part in the series which we have done over the weeks called Simon Says. And this will be part seven. If you've missed the other parts, this will really not have much relevance to it. It's not something you need to continue on with. It's just different sayings of Simon Peter. John 21, verse 15, please. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Keep your Bible open. We'll be referring to that portion of Scripture in a moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the people you've brought this morning. We thank you, Lord, that in your sovereign will, plan and purpose, you have every person here, not by accident, but by appointment of divine and royal authority. And so, Father, we pray that you would help this man of frailty to open up the scriptures, to break the bread of life, that Christ would be exalted, that our hearts would burn with fire and love and passion, that we would be renewed in the Lord Jesus, renewed faith from a renewed heart. O God, that we would serve thee as thy ought to be served. Help us. For without you we can do nothing. Father, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray and ask it. Amen. The Lord has come to Galilee. He has died. He was buried. He was resurrected. And now one of his appearances before his great ascension into heaven he tells the disciples to meet him in Galilee. So they gather themselves together and they're at Galilee. And while at Galilee, we find that the Lord, to their estimation, seems to be retiring himself, that maybe he won't come as he said he would. Yet Jesus said he would rise from the dead. No man taketh my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again 
is what Jesus said, and, and he did it. And hence, even the two on the road to Emmaus thought that the Lord had died, and, well, surely none could rise from the dead, but he did it, just as he said he would. And he said, I will meet you at Galilee. And sometimes we have no patience because when the Lord has given us a word, a promise, something that he's spoken to us from his word and has taken, been taken by the Holy Spirit and lodged in our being, our impatience sometimes, we run ahead of the Lord. We think it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened in my time scale. It hasn't happened in the, the, the lot that I have a, a, allowed for this to take place. Jesus says, I'll meet you at Galilee. He didn't say when. And so whenever Peter says, I go fishing, some people try to work out, why was Peter saying that? Was it out of impatience because Peter was an impetuous man. Remember, throughout we have heard Simon Peter saying, Lord, I'll go with you into prison on to death, yet the same night he denied him. We'll look at it in a moment. He was impetuous. He was all going, then he was all retreating. He was, I'm going to follow, then he decided not to follow. He followed the Lord afar off at his arrest in Gethsemane. Sometimes we're the same, we're impetuous in our faith, we're impetuous in our heart, where yes, we're going to do, the Lord has spoken through his word, and and we have heard something from the preacher, or this morning, or this evening, or wherever, and I'm going to put it into practice, and we have, with all good intention, we think we will, but by the time we get home and have our Sunday dinner, well, it's died in us somewhat. So did Peter say, I go fishing because... Uh, he was impatient, impetuous, or did he say, I go a-fishing because he was throwing the hands in the air. Jesus isn't coming. He said he would, but he isn't coming. Yet he said he would rise from the dead, and he did. He found the empty tomb. Peter went right into the tomb and seen it was empty. And sometimes we know that the Lord has given us something. The Lord has given us the word and our faith can sometimes be so strong and suddenly, well, it hasn't happened. Maybe then we become so weak. Why is that? Do you ever wonder, why are we like that at times? It's not a condemnation. It's a question because we can all be like that. And hence Peter says, I go fishing. The rest say, we go also with thee. And we find that uh, We must be careful because in the example where Peter says it, Peter weakens, as it were, the faith of the others. They're willing to wait as far as we know. They're at the the shore as far as we know, willing to, well, Jesus said he'll come, so we'll wait till he comes. Some say he was just going fishing because, well, that's what he knew. Well, is that because he was going back to that from which he was called away from? And many go back to uh, the world from which they were called away from. The things of ungodliness and the Lord saves us and calls us away from it. And and many tend to step back into it when it seems as if our expectations, not 
not what God has said. It's our expectations of what, how and when God should do it. The answer to prayer hasn't come and so we give up praying. We're reading the Bible and the pages become, as it were, pardon the expression, but the words are flat. Without the Spirit illuminating and breathing on us and touching it and, uh, and amplifying, as it were, enlightening it to us, then we catch uh, even the thought, the word, the little verse even. We catch it. And it, it, it lightens us up again. You know, the, the disciples followed Peter to go fishing. It's of the utmost importance, Christian. Christian father, Christian mother. It's of the utmost importance, Christian, that you live your life even in times of weakness of faith. And we're going to look at, because this weakness of faith of Peter, when he's asked by Jesus, do you love me? The word love is different than what Jesus uses. Peter says, you know I love you. It's different than the word Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, I love you. You know I love you. But the word he replies with is a different word, although our English word is the same. It's in a different context that Peter replies. And even in periods and patches and times like this, We must continue to tread the boards. We must continue to press on. We must continue because there are others who may follow you. Family who may follow you. Back to the old way of thinking. Back to the old life. Back off the shore and waiting on the promise of Christ to come. There are others who will see the weakness of faith as it were. And your influence, your influence will influence them. I go a-fishing, he says, and they say, we also go with thee. It is of the utmost importance, brothers and sisters, that even in times of our weakness, I'm not saying that we don't have hurts and worries and fears and frettings and we don't have problems and queries we all do we're all human we all have those and we're all living in grace but sometimes we make decisions hastily or we run out of patience and because of our patience it rules our hearts it rules our minds and our thinking and others are influenced by how we act And how we react. And hence they go fishing. They catch nothing. John sees the Lord on the shore. And seeing the Lord on the shore. Peter in the boat girts himself. Because he was naked. Jumps off the boat. To meet the Lord. And the reason being. Because if you remember. He denied him. The last time he set eyes on him. He was being tried before his crucifixion. And hence he wanted to reach Christ. He wanted to see him because he felt the letdown 
that he was the Christ. Now maybe you're feeling like you're the let down today. Maybe you're feeling you're the let down. Before we go any further this morning, I want you to know that in our reading, the risen Christ, the risen Savior did not say, Peter, you have denied me. And the last time I looked upon you was eyeball to eyeball in that judgment hall. And when I looked at you, Peter, you had denied me thrice. Peter, you're lost forever. I don't want anything to do with you. Peter, get away from me and never come near me again. That's what we would expect, and that's what Christians today think because of our weakness and our faith sometimes, and even in our feelings, how we deem God because that's how we feel. You know, God doesn't go on your feelings, don't you? God does not measure his love according to how you feel. God's measure of love his, is immeasurable because he loved you before the foundation of the world. And sometimes we feel, well, if God loves me of how I feel, then I'm not loved at all. Or if God is that disappointed in me today, then as how I feel I've disappointed him, then he would never accept me again into his presence. I'm a big, bad failure. Maybe I shouldn't even have come around the meeting this morning. Maybe I shouldn't have broke bread this morning if you did. Maybe I shouldn't have sang the songs this morning because I'm unworthy of him. Well, let me stop you there, brothers and sisters, if that's you, because simply none of us are worthy. Not even the musicians and the singers and the pastor and the deacons and the elders and the pastors are unworthy. It's in Christ he makes us worthy. We're worthy because of his doing. Worthy because of his dying. Worthy through his shed blood. We stand before our Father. Yes, we let him down. We don't mean to. We don't walk in an open course of sin. We, we don't walk habitually in sin. We understand that and we try our best and our utmost to walk in sanctification of the Word and the Spirit. Yes, we do. But because you are you and I am me and we are in these flesh bodies, we let him down. Thank God for his grace. It's his grace. We're living in the grace of God. And hence, Peter jumps off to meet the Lord. Now, when he gets there, isn't this strange? The risen Lord Jesus Christ has a fire lit. The last fire Simon Peter would remind himself of was the fire that the servants at the judgment hall had written and, pardon me, had lit and stood around and he warmed himself and he sat down at their fire. And I'm sure when he came up that beach, he would have seen the fire. And there's Jesus. I wonder, did he think? Last time I seen the fire and the Lord was there, he looked at me because of my denial of him three times. There was one old Puritan once said, if the best man's sins, Notice the best man, whoever that is. If the best man's sins were written upon his forehead, 
it would cause him to pull his hat down over his eyes. Think about it. I'll tell you, if the Lord writ my sins in my forehead, I'm, I know I have a big forehead, but I need an awful lot of a bigger forehead than I've got. And surely I would pull my hat down if I wore one over my eyes. And hence the Lord is, he's lit, in a, lit a fire and he's cooking fish. Come and dine. Come and fellowship. What did Pastor Glenn say this morning? He read, sit ye here a while. Tarry ye here. Sit with me. Have you sat with him? Have you tarried with him? Oh, you have no idea of my problems. Even more, even more the need, the greater the tarrying. Don't run from the presence of God. Run into the presence of God. And he will not cast you aside, but rather he'll say, Tarry, sit, come and dine. Spend time with me. And hence he says, this dialogue starts in verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, knoweth, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Because remember, I've denied him. The last time I seen him, he looked at me with such a stare. And now he's pouring his heart out. You know that I love you. Do you know when you know you've done wrong and you say to someone, look, I'm really sorry. You see, the word here that the Lord uses, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these. The word that the Lord uses here is the word agapeo. And it's the same as the word agape love. And if, if you were to say, if I were to ask you, what is agape love? Well, we try and think of it and you would say, it's Calvary love. Yeah, and that covers that, yeah, sort of, sort of. But uh, some might say, well, it's a love that... Well, it's a love that goes beyond measure, right? Okay, and that's good. They're all sayings that we try and describe the love of God for us, describe the love of Christ. And some might say, well, agape love is a love that, that you know, that gives whenever you, you shouldn't have to give or, or when they're undeserving. And we can do all of this and say all of that. But let me describe to you what agape love really, truly is. Agape love is a love which is called out of one's heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. And let me say it again. Agape love, or agape, whatever way you want to pronounce it. Agape love is a love which is called out of one's heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. Again, I've, I've given this illustration a few times, but I think it's, it's a good illustration. And years ago when uh, Ellie was just born and Jody was maybe, I don't know, two, three, whatever it was. And Ada took her, she was just toddling at the time, you know, a few steps, and I lifted her up into my arms one day. We were 
living in Ban Bridge and we're walking across the bridge to go to the garage and the A1 comes under the bridge and every time I had her in my arms and you, you looked up the, the, the A1 and as it went up and around the bend, the road. And she had been in my arms looking up the road. And when a lorry came down at, or a truck or she used to do that with hand. And if the lorry seen her, he blasted the horn. She'd done it the cars and everything. So they're all the same. But, and you see, so this, this day, I, I had her in my arms. She's looking up the road. And I'm watching up the road and I look at her. And she's looking up the road. But I'm looking at her. And love was called out of my heart. The love just emanated from my heart. Because that's my daughter. She was unconscious of who was holding her. She knew she was up and safe in my arms, but unless I would pretend to drop her and shock her out of it, she was unconscious of me. She was looking up the road. She wasn't thinking about me. She, she was looking for the next lorry or truck or whatever coming down the road. Fixed. She's like this. And I'm looking at her, just saying nothing, just loving her. Just, just my heart, I love her. And I, I found myself saying to a wee girl who couldn't even hardly talk, Jodie, she turned and looked at me, and I said, how do you make me love you so much? And she looked at me and went, huh? <laughs> so agape love, she was the object that's praised. She is the object that was praised. And I Agape or agape love is a love that's called out of the heart according to the object which is loved. You get it? Some people do that with their sports. Some people do that with their work. The object which they love calls their heart out. Some people do it with alcohol. I love this. Calls my heart. That's why John writes, love not the word. That's the word agape. Don't let the word call the love out of your heart. Love not the word, neither the things that are in the word. If any man love the word or the word calls the love out of your heart, if any man love the word, the love of the Father is not in him. It's an oxymoron. It's, a, it's something that's, it's, it's like from as far as the east is from the west for a man to say, I love the world and I love the Lord. They don't go together. We live in the world. But we're not to love it. We're to love him. He she call the love out of our hearts because he the preciousness of Christ should be the object on which calls the love out of our hearts. He's precious to us. And so the Lord says, Simon, lovest thou me? Agapeo. Do I, Simon, this is what he's saying, do I call the love out of your heart, Simon Peter? 
Do you love me so much because the love emanates toward me just because I am who I am? Not because of what I can do, not because of what I can give, not because of the prayers that I will answer, because that's sometimes why we love the Lord. Listen to the words of the psalmist. I love the Lord because he hath heard my prayer and my supplication. No. I understand it makes us, as it were, tends to lean toward that we love him more, but we are meant to love him because of who he is, not what he does, neither what he gives, but because of who he is. And hence, Simon, I call a love out of your heart because I am so precious to you. That's what he's saying. So the word's far deeper when we look at it. Peter's being asked, I mean, this is a, a, this is a tall order for Peter because of what he has, what he's come through, what he's done denying Christ. Do I call a love out of your heart, Peter, because I'm the object, as it were, who's so precious to you? And Simon says, he saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. See the word love? He doesn't reply with the word agabeo. It says love in our English, but the depth of it isn't true unless you go to the original Greek text. He's saying, Lord, thou knowest that I phileo you. Phileo love is a love you have for someone. But it's not a sold out love. See, Peter couldn't say it. Do you know why? Denied him. I will go to prison even unto death. And on the same night, denies him three times. And the Lord's saying, I want you to tell me, do I call the love out of your heart? Does the love emanate toward me because you hold me as so dear and so precious? And Peter says, Lord, I phileo love. I can't say that. It gives the idea of a friendship love, a fellowship sort of a love. Peter can't say it. And then in verse 16, he saith unto, he saith unto, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? And he uses the word. Agapeo again. Am I that precious that I will call the love out of your heart? That you will just love me? Above all things, before all things. You see, the first commandment is to love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind and strength. And here he is in the flesh and he's saying, Do you love me as the first commandment? And listen, the thing about it is, is we all break it. We all break it. And he saith unto him, Simon says, you ready? Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Phileo. I, I, I love you, Lord, but I can't say I'm sold out. I can't say you have all my heart. I can't say you fully call the love out of my heart. I can't say that because if I've let you down. Because I've denied you three times and in the in the front in front of people, my testimony, my witness has gone. Fear took over me. But remember one of our Luke twenty two, one of our Sunday morning meetings on this Simon says series. Remember I said 
that the Lord says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has now desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when the word converted, strengthen thy brethren. Well, how did he do? How did he deny him if Jesus is praying for him? Because there's a difference here. Simon's faith, it wasn't his faith that that denied Jesus. It was his courage. And sometimes it's our courage and yet we know he's the Christ. We know he's the saviour. We know he's the forgiver of sins. He's our sin bearer. We know it's his blood and his sacrifice and his doing and dying and his finished atonement on the cross that we're saved and believing in that alone. We know that and our faith tells us that. But sometimes our courage leaves us. Let me give you an example. I wonder how many here has been in a situation and you know there's been a chance to witness to some or one or some people and in you, your faith is that you know, you know what you know, what you believe that he is Lord, he's Savior. Your faith is toward him, but yet when something comes up and the, the opportunity is there, your courage goes. And you don't mention the Christ. I think if we're honest, all of us could say it sometimes, couldn't we? So when the Lord says, do you love me? He said, I can't. Not like that. Someone weak in faith this morning. Someone down with courage lack of courage this morning, someone who feels have let him down this morning, walked away from him, uh, backslidden and gone into the world, or Peter says, you, I, I go a fishing and someone with you have went, I used to be, walk with the Lord, but I'm backslidden and my way into the world, why don't you come in and you've went with them, or, or whatever it may be, and you're here this morning and Jesus is asking you, do you love me? And you're going, Lord, I can't love you the way you want me to love you. I can't love you the way you're asking me to love you. And you're right off yourself, you can't. It's like the hymn writer said, My love is oft times low. My joy still ebbs and flows. But peace with him remains the same. No change. Jehovah knows. Maybe you're here this morning. You're saying, Lord, I can't love you like that. Because I've let you down. Do you know he's not here to judge you this morning? We believe in living right. You know me. I believe in living right before Christ. I believe in walking. I believe in having walking a sanctified life. I believe in keeping your testimony and your witness as much as possible and before all men living, living peacefully. I, I believe in that. I, I fully, wholeheartedly believe in that. But he's not here to judge you. He's asked you, do you love him? Because he loves you. He loves you. And you might be saying, Lord, I can't love you the way you want me to. Because I went fishing when I should have been waiting. I brought others with me when I should have stayed and been a strength and trusted that you'd do what you said and you'd meet me at Galilee just as you had pronounced haven't well you know this morning you can draw the line in the sand at the shore here 
there's, a, there's fish and honeycomb as he eats. I, I don't know how he does that because he's, he's a risen, glorified body, yet he can light fires. He can walk through walls. Bible says it. He, he can eat fish and honeycomb. Yet he can ascend into heaven. He's not saying, Peter, I'm going to damn you. I'm going to judge you. I am condemning you. This, that, or the other. He's not saying that this morning. He's saying, do you love me because I love you? Verse 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? So here is, here's the strength of this. The first two times Jesus says agape, a love called out of the heart according to the preciousness of an object that is loved. And he's saying, do you love me like this? And, and, and the first two times Peter replies with phileo. It's an affiliation. That's where it comes with affiliation. It's, I'm affiliated to you. You know, I, I sort of pay you lip service. We're friendly, on, on friendly sort of loving terms that way. He says, I, I'm not asking you that, but the third time Jesus uses the word filio for Peter. Do you? Do you love me like you say? You have an affiliation with me even? Do you even love me like that, Peter? And that's why Peter starts getting aggravated. It says... He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Jesus uses the word Simon. Peter uses phileo. And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Do you know what Jesus was doing? I'm going to show you the great condescension from uh, the very... Uh, the very first time he says, do you love me? Because he says, lovest thou me more than these? Now, what does he mean more than these? More than what? Does he mean, because he says, I go a fishing, more than the fishing boats? The fishing nets? More than your past life that you had, which you went back to, Peter, because you knew it best and you were comfortable in it? You love me more than that, all the seaside and all that that is, the fishing boats in Galilee. Do you love me more than all of this, Peter? Or is the Lord saying, lovest thou me more than these, as in, do you love me more than all of these other disciples love me? Do you love me, Peter, more than the other disciples say they love me? In other words, do you love me more than them? Peter can't say yes. And it is debated on which one it is. I believe it can be just all of them. Because Peter can't say, I love you more than the rest of the disciples, because he's denied him. So we can't say that. And sometimes we think, well, I love the Lord more than you. I may say, you know what, I love him with all my heart, but that's my statement. That's my heart. 
I've said it many times. I'm unashamed. I'm unafraid. I wouldn't care if the, the whole of social media and the medias were in here and asked me, do you love Jesus? I'd be saying, absolutely, yes. I love him with all my heart. I love him. He's my life. I love the person of Christ. I love him. See, that's the key, brothers and sisters. If we love him more than these, more than the, the things of the world, or more than, listen, more than family. Jesus says, if any man love mother and father or son and daughter more than me, he's not worthy of me. It's not a hard one. It's not a difficult one. It's a tall order. In other words, what Jesus is saying, put me first. Put me first before your family. Put me first before your wife or your husband. And as much as I love my wife, and as much as, as she and I are like two sticking plasters together, as people would say, as much as we, we are together like that, love one another, support one another, minister together with one another as well, as much as all of that is there, I can honestly say, and she's the same, that I love Jesus more. And I wouldn't expect her to be any different. Because when you love the Lord first, brother, you'll have even more love for your wife and family than you could do in your natural. You would go from the phileo ranks to the agape rank. Do you love me more than everything else, Peter? Phileo love. I can't say that. I can't say that. Do you love me more than your sport, brother? Say, imagine it was Jesus saying it. Do you love me more than your sport? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, he says, in Israel was turned to your fellow Israelite and love them. You see, the, the Ten Commandments on two tables, if you want. The, the first four are vertical between you and God. Between you and God. Well, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for example. And we know, we know that when some people say, uh, use the word, the name of the Lord Jesus or whatever, and it's flippantly, we say, oh, you don't blaspheme in the name of the Lord and take the name of the Lord God in vain. And look, and I, I hate that more than even hearing a swear word. But I can tell you, that's not what he means. That's not the fullness of that word. It's not what he means. The Lord was saying to Israel, Israel, when you and I, I'm the bridegroom, and you're my bride, he says, when we get married, Exodus 19, Moses the officiator, when we get married, he says, Thou shalt not take the name. When we get married, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. In other words, that means live up to my name, Israel. Christ our great bridegroom says to us, still don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Live up to his name. I'm going to close this. Lovest thou me more than these? Peter says, I can't. I can't, Lord. And by the time the third time comes round, 
lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? But he uses the word, Jesus uses the word, phileo. Do you know what the Lord Jesus was doing? He understands that you and I, in our weakness, our frailty, sometimes just do not live up to his name. Sometimes we can't. We're human. We sometimes don't live up to his name. And, and the expectation of our testimony to some others might not be the same as what they thought it should be. And sometimes look, sometimes you can put your pastor on a pedestal so high and it's so wonderful. And, oh, look at our pastor. You're nearly, he's nearly like a pope you're putting down before him. He's a man. He tries not to fail you, but he will. He tries not to let you down, but I do. And the expectation of the man and the woman is so high. You can't keep it. That's why we all live in grace. But here's what he says. Do you love me with a love called out of your heart because I'm so precious to you? And Peter says, I can't, Lord. I love you in a filiation love. It's a, a phileo. It's a love between us. That it's like a friendly love. You know, I really care for you, like, but I can't say I'm sold out for you. I can't say you own my heart. Like the old Puritan Samuel Rutherford said, Since he hath looked upon me, my heart is not mine own, for he hath run away to heaven with it. That Christ run away with your heart, brother. That Christ take your heart, sister, and run away to heaven with it. He'll keep it safe for you. He will keep it safe for you. And he won't fail you like a man like me. And he won't let you down like a man like me. He won't disappoint you like a man like me. He will keep it safe for you. He will not disappoint you. He said he would rise from the dead. And he did. He said he'll come to the Galilee where you are. And he will because he said it. And if he says it, he means it. And he can keep it. Time's gone. Believe it or not, I've read the first two lines of what I've written down for you this morning. But that's how the Lord wanted to lead it. So Peter's grieved. Listen, Peter's grieved. But Jesus doesn't use agape. Peter uses phileo. You know what he does? He comes right to where you are. Okay, you're weak this morning. Okay, you're frail this morning. Yeah, yeah your, your faith is there, but you know your courage has went or you, know, you feel like you've let the Lord down and you, 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 there's no recovery for you. You're finding it hard to get on this morning. But here's the thing. You're going, I can't reach there, Lord, and I can't love you the way I'm meant to or expected to or how you ask me to. Well, here's the thing, brother, sister, this morning, you ready? He comes to where Peter is, phileo. Okay, let's work with this. Let's work with this. And he still says, feed my sheep. In other words, come back into the fold. Get close again to me. Christ meets you where you are in your weakness in your loneliness, in your frailty, Christ meets you right where you are. 
when you feel I can't pick myself up, well, you know what? Then throw yourself upon the rock. See, every time I fall, I don't fall off the rock. I fall on it. I fall upon it. Brothers and sisters, he'll meet you where you are. Start where you are and give him your heart. He'll keep it safe and walk with him every day. Next thing you know, you'll be falling in love with him over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep what he's after your heart and he will keep it safe Simon says thou knowest that I love thee he'll meet you where you are I'm going to ask the team to come up we're going to close the meeting time's flowing